You're listening to a Dallas Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Dallas sports experience. Hello everyone and welcome to the Rangers Nation's podcast. I am your host, the recliner nerd, John Moore. This is the official podcast for the Texas Rangers on Dallas Sports Nation. DallasSportsNation.com is the website. That's DALSportsNation.com. We cover all of the DFW sports teams, the Cowboys, the Stars, the Mavericks, FC Dallas, and of course the Texas Rangers. I'm one of the bloggers for the Texas Rangers on Dallas Sports Nation. So go to that website and find us. Uh, that's DowSportsNation.com, DowSportsNation.com. I do want to welcome everyone listening to the Rangers Nation's podcast. This will be the first episode with me, the Recliner Nerd, as the official podcast host. There have been some other episodes, but I'm officially taking it over. So I imagine that you, uh, you do have a question. Who am I and why should you listen to me? The answer is pretty simple. I have no clue. Honestly, I'm a huge Rangers fan. I am a DFW native. I grew up in Duncanville, Texas. I played football, baseball, and I was an absolutely exceptional athlete, according um, to me. And uh, according to every human who ever saw me play, I am an average athlete. Um, I now live in Richardson, Texas with my lovely wife, Kathy, and our three kids. Well, one's at college, so actually two But my love for the Rangers is why I'm here. And my love for the Rangers started in 1974. Back in 1974, my grandfather and my father, both now who are deceased, took me to my very first Texas Ranger game out at the the old Arlington Stadium. There are a lot of you that, and and I'm going to tell you right now, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I thought it was the most beautiful stadium in the world. You hear that term, it was like a cathedral. And anybody that has ever been to Arlington Stadium is probably laughing right now uh, at that statement because it was probably the worst stadium, well, one of the worst stadiums. Look, I've been to Oakland Coliseum uh, last summer. My wife and I took a trip out to Oakland Coliseum to see the Rangers play the Oakland A's and I also caught a Giants game while we are there, by the way. But I'm going to tell you right now, that is the worst stadium I've ever set foot in back there. But Arlington Stadium made that stadium – look like, you know, Yankees, new Yankee Stadium or one of the new stadiums that's being built. Um, that's, how, that's how bad it was. I mean, first year I ever went, Billy Martin was the manager. I loved the old Texas Rangers, Jeff Burroughs, Mike Hargrove, Toby Hara, Jim Sundberg. Jim Sundberg was catching for them. Uh, Fergie Jenkins. But this is back in a time when uh, used to, uh, back, back then, Redbird Mall was a mall that was down near Duncanville. Anybody that knows the southwest Dallas area. And the players would come out and they would go to Sears and just sign autographs. And they would just come out and sit in a little booth and we'd get in line. And I remember going out there to, to do that. Tom Grieve was playing. He was one of my favorite players back then. But uh, I have, uh, I've been going to Ranger games ever since. I go, to, I go to many games a year. I was a season ticket holder. Um, I've been to opening day 25 to 30 times I've been to opening day. And uh, 16 in a row, um, coming up on 17 this next year that Kathy and I have gone to together. We never miss it. Um, I was at the very last game at Arlington Stadium, and I was at the very first game at the ballpark in Arlington. I will be, I will be at the last game at the ballpark in Arlington, and I will be at the first ball game at the new stadium uh, when it's built. That's just me. That's what I do. Um, let me get into what this episode is going to be about. It's it's more of an introduction, uh, introduction, introduction 
episode, but we are going to cover some topics that are going on with the Rangers right now, and I want to get that going on right now. The off, It is the offseason. This is the offseason, and believe it or not, there are a lot of things going on, so this episode is more of a introduction of me and what, I, what I've written about on Dallas Sports Nation so far, and um, and we can talk about the manager search and where we are there and some upcoming dates that are important and uh, what we want to do with this podcast. So, um, you know, I've written a few episodes uh, or, a, or a few articles and stories for uh, DallasSportsNation.com or DallasSportsNation.com. Uh, my very first one that I wrote was, uh, it was kind of an, an introduction and the very first one that was by me. Um, if you look on there now, most of them are, are by me that I, I'm doing right now covering covering the Rangers, and I'm covering a lot of the offseason stuff. But my first one was uh, the Rangers are building currency. And now when currency is introduced into this, a lot of people who think currency think monetarily or money or you know something to that effect. So uh, probably when you hear the Rangers are build, building currency, maybe you think we're building up a bank account and the owner's got a lot of money and we're ready to go into free agency and spend a lot of money. And that, that's not exactly what I was talking about in the article. I was talking more about uh, what's very valuable to Major League Baseball organizations. And it's not just the ownership willing to spend. We don't have a hard salary cap in baseball. We do have one, but it's more of a, there's a luxury tax threshold you've got to get to. When you get to that threshold and you go over it, you have to pay a luxury tax. And what we really wanted is, you know, there's small market teams and and, and big market teams, and big market teams are not afraid to go up to that to that. Uh, threshold and, and spend money. The Rangers aren't bad. They do spend money. They're not afraid to spend money. Um, but they are budget conscious. They try to be budget conscious. So one way to keep that budget conscious and, and to be very competitive and to be very good is having what I call major league or uh, baseball currency. And that's going to be your minor league system. And uh, in that story, what I was writing about was the minor leagues and how prospects are rated. And I kind of used examples of uh, monetary, so like uh, currency, uh, uh, our American currency as a, as a sample. So a prospect, you know, might be like a gold bar. And what I said in there, a gold bar would, would be like a, one of those, a prospect that's considered the top five in all of baseball, a guaranteed major leaguer that would probably be an all-star. And then you had your $100 bills and your $50 bills and your $20 bills and your $10. Pretty interesting if you never if you don't know a bunch uh, a bunch about the minor leagues and you want to know kind of how that works. I also go into detail of how it's used. Because if you are a, a competing team that is consistently competing, like we know the Yankees were in the 90s, uh, the Rangers there for that run that we had when we, you know, 2010 up. In, look, John Daniels had a good record. There's a lot of arguments back and forth between John Daniels and uh, – Nolan Ryan and who built the team, and we'll have an episode about that one day, and I'll tell you that. But in building those teams, what you have to have is when you come up to either whether it's the off season, which we're in now, or you're coming up to the trade deadline, which is the non-waiver trade trade deadline is is uh, July 31st. So on July 31st, you can trade, and and what's attractive to other teams if they've got something you need. Uh, an example that I put in there was the whole Cliff Lee trade. And I went into detail about the Cliff Lee trade and how the Yankees almost had him. Everyone thought the Yankees had him. And then we ended up putting in there, and I kind of listed it by money-wise, and it gave you a little bit of example of how that works. So in future episodes, especially during the season, we start coming up on trade deadline. I'm going to be on here uh, writing about it and also doing some podcast 
um, kind of telling you what's going up, what I'm hearing, what I'm looking at. I get my info from all over. I mean, I am a baseball news junkie. Um, my, my wife calls me a Ranger nerd. Um, but I came up with the recliner nerd because, well, I mean, basically every night you can, you know, when the Ranger game's on, you find me sitting in the recliner. I've got, you know, Cheetos or Funyuns or something in my hand and a malted beverage over in the cup holder. And I'm screaming and yelling at the TV and uh, doing some Ranger stuff there. And that, that was kind of my first episode. Anyway, the, the Rangers build currency. And then I went uh, talking about the manager's job and the, the Rangers should hire. And I went into who I thought the Rangers should hire. And uh, I wrote an uh, article about that. And I actually, in that article, there was a, uh, a conversation that I thought, like a fantasy conversation. It was me talking to JD, and JD was actually wanting my input at who I thought he should hire to be the manager. And I kind of had an out of the ball, uh, out of, you know, out of left field uh, idea. I mean, obviously, a lot of the names we're hearing now, I was on board. I, I had one that's kind of always been my favorite in there. There's a couple, actually, that are, that are my favorite. And um, that, that I was going with, but I kind of thought out of the box on the bench coach. And a lot of people don't realize how important a bench coach is. Um, basically, you know, during a game, you, whenever we would see Wash or, you know, uh, Ron Washington or we'd see uh, Jeff Bannister or whoever sitting up there, you know, on that top step. And every every time the camera goes to him, that, that's who we see is is Jeff and uh, and and uh, Wash or whoever, that, that it's on them. But sitting right next to him, this year it was Wakamatsu. Uh, but wh whoever's sitting right next to him is the bench coach. That bench coach is is, is kind of the, you know, he, he he is like one of your main coordinate. Like in football, you'd be an offensive or defensive coordinator. And he, he's there. He is looking over who the other team potentially has coming up. Who do we have available tonight in the bullpen? If we've got a matchup, a righty against righty, or maybe we've got a righty that gets left-handers out and they're, they got a left-handed part of the lineup coming up. And he's already thinking that so that when Bannister or whoever looks over and says, we may need to make a move, they'll already go, well, I've already got, you need to get so-and-so up or let's get, you know, let's get someone up in the bullpen, let's get this one up, get him warm, it'll probably take us an inning, you know, that that kind of thing. And so I, I really, uh, that, that's what I was talking to, and, and my the reason I even go into the bench coach, because my bench coach idea was was an old familiar name that I kind of threw out of left field, and people, you know, kind of laughed and scoffed at that when I said it. And we'll touch on that in a little bit. But then after that, um, there was a little bit of breaking news, and that's when Anthony Iapochi was hired by the Cubs. Uh, to be their hitting instructor, a batting coach. Uh, he was our batting coach this year. And I kind of linked that. It wasn't just that they had hired, you know, well, they hired our batting coach. Big deal. Well, in, in my estimation, I'd just written a story about the manager uh, search and what was going on. I pondered, what if uh, the Rangers have already narrowed in on who they think they want to hire, and maybe that person that they want to hire has already alluded to them that, hey, I'm bringing my own hitting instructor, or I have my own set of coaching staff that I want to bring. Um, and the Rangers knew that it was okay to let Iapochi go. They weren't, they weren't, because uh, you're not going to let if you if you if you think Iapochi is going to be your batting coach this year, no matter who you hire, you you aren't just going to let him walk out the door. Um, but obviously, also you're not going to hold that. You know, some managers, depending on who you hire, want to hire their own people. But, uh, and, and obviously I touched on the fact that, you know, when you're in a manager search and you're, you're looking for a manager, then there's no reason not to have your current coaching staff who are kind of sitting in limbo to at least open it up to see if there are other jobs out there. And so anyway, I touched on that. That was sort of breaking news. And then, uh, 
And and what's funny is, you know, the story before that when I had thought who the Rangers should hire and who their who the uh, bench coach should be that was kind of my out there name. Um, I had another article that came after that Anthony Iapochi breaking news story that I called Are Things Setting Up to Make Me Look Smart? Um, Obviously, no, they weren't. But, I mean, you know, I had to ponder the question because there was actually some rumors that my bench coach idea, Jeff Wilson Wilson of the uh, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, had written an article that kind of touched on it. And, And I will break the news to you now. I thought that in my original Rangers should hire blank article that was before the Anthony Iapochi one, I thought the Rangers should hire Jace Tingler, and I'll talk about him in a minute, but my big out-of-left-field conversation was why not bring back Washington, Ron Washington, to be the bench coach. Adam Morris uh, tweeted back to me when I brought that idea, and he said, "You're, you're crazy. Uh, Ron Washington was not a good in-game decision maker. He didn't make good decisions in-game. He really depended on his bench coach to make a, help him with, the, you know, he, he wasn't fast at doing that and he wasn't quick, to which I argued back, okay, we're not asking Ron Washington to be the manager. Um, and I think people underestimate Wash. Wash is a third-base coach for the, for the Atlanta Braves right now. And, you know, get Wash was popular. I liked Wash. I think a lot of us liked Wash if he, you know, kept things out of his nose and didn't cheat on his wife. I mean, you know, I, I think we all th- thought he was good. He was a good baseball guy. He was entertaining to watch, waving that arm on, you know. He was waving people home and beating on the beating on the dugout there to get runs home. And that, that was funny to watch. But, I, you know, Wash being a, a bench coach might be a great idea. He might be perfect sitting there. When he's not having to make the final decision, he can bounce his ideas off the manager. That was an idea. That, that's the one I threw out there. The likelihood of that happening is not high. But you know what? I'm not afraid to put it out there. Why shouldn't I? So, um, but uh, with, with that being the story, that, that, that's the one that I had written on next. And then I did an update on the manager search. Uh, by this time, we had gotten into um, who had been actually brought in who had been interviewed and the first one when I said the Rangers should hire I'd kind of I kind of touched on names that were being talked about they hadn't really interviewed anyone yet they hadn't gone you know you just kept hearing these names were available this might be someone the Rangers look at now we were actually in uh you know update on the Rangers manager search we were at a place where they had actually interviewed some people and they had up to eight people on there and and uh, we'll go through that in, in a little bit when we start talking about the manager search and I get into that, we can obviously talk about that and, and who all's up for the job, who I like, and we'll do that momentarily. But uh, that's where I was with the uh, update on Rangers manager search. And then uh, then I did one on managers moves and more. That was even a quicker update, uh, a, a little bit you know, after that update, because some of the names that were originally interviewed had fallen off the list now. And... Uh, and it looked like they might be moving in a certain direction. Um, and, and then things kind of slowed down after that. I, I wrote a story about the Rangers are waiting um, because word came out from Evan Grant that uh, that John Daniels had alluded to them that, you know, they were probably going to wait till after the World Series before making a hire. He wasn't. He wasn't able to commit that that they hadn't interviewed that you know they he he said we may have interviewed the guy we're going to hire uh, there may be some more names we want to talk to um, you know that that kind of situation and so that that's what that one was about and then uh, 
I did uh, come in and and you know I I came in when when they were talking about that and uh, then I wrote the the last one that was uh, let's see here let me get my paperwork together here I've written so many I got to remember which ones but uh, and then I uh, there was there was kind of a uh, the one I wrote most recently was about Eric Chavez and, and Eric Chavez was. Uh, was seen at the the Rangers are in right now they're they're in what's called uh, organi organizational meetings, so they're in surprise uh, doing organizational meetings with their scouting department everything up up and down the line for that and um, they uh, normally they do that with a manager in place and they they usually would like to have a manager in place before that well they didn't have a manager in place and so they're doing it without a manager in place but while in surprise Eric Chavez was spotted. Uh, if y'all remember him, he played for the uh, for the Oakland A's, and and uh, we'll talk about Eric. He's one of the. He obviously interviewed for the job, and then other names started coming out, and so I talked about Eric Chavez, and and uh, in, in that last one I wrote that he was he was seen out there and kind of told about him and, and what was going on. So that was that was my introduction. That that's what I had written for Dallas Sports Nation. Again, go to the website. It's dowsportsnation.com. Dowsportsnation.com. Any news you want on DFW is there. You need to go check it out um, and see that. So from there, um, let's go into the manager search and where we are. Where are we now with the manager search? What's going on with the manager search? Um, well, we're down to the, the, the truth of the matter is we don't know. I, I mean, there are there are obvious names now. So there, there's been some different people that ha have interviewed. So who all's interviewed? Jay Stingler. Um if you don't know who Jace Tingler was, uh, or is, Jace Tingler was the assistant GM uh, for John Daniels this year. He did go down onto the field and or into the dugout and become a uh, become the the bench coach when Bannister was fired. So Bannister's fired with about ten games left in the season. Don Wakamatsu, who was the bench coach, uh, moved over to the to the bit the chair on the end and became the the manager. And Jace Tingler came out of the front office and went down onto the end of the dugout to become the uh, become the bench coach. Now he's really high thought of. I mean, baseball likes Jace Tingler, and he is he is my favorite. I I really like him. I want to look. You're not hiring anyone just for 2019. This hire has to go through 2021, 22, 23. That's what you're hiring. You're hiring someone that's going to be a long-term manager and be here. And we need someone younger. That's my personal opinion. Um, I don't want to retread old manager that's coming in here um, to, to take the job. So I wanted someone young. Well, well, Jace Tingler was that is one of those I like. Um, he's a he's coached in the minor league system for the Rangers. He's coached in the Dominican Republic. He's coached in uh, uh, a couple of different levels in the minor leagues here. Um, so he has managed. Uh, he's managed uh, Spokane. He's managed in in Hickory. He's, I mean, he's managed and, and been a manager. Both his parents are coaches, so he knows what it's like to be a coach. So he, he's really. Uh, he is an attractive candidate to me. Now, another one that I put right up there with them, they're, 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 they're neck and neck with each other. And another person that the Rangers did interview was Joe Espada. Joe Espada is the, he is the bench coach for the Houston Astros, and he has been for this year and last year. Um, Joe Espada is like Tingler, never made the major leagues as a player, um, 
but started managing, managed all through the minor leagues, took his first major league job with, I believe, the Marlins, and moved over and worked uh, in the major league coaching staff of the Yankees before coming over to the Astros as, a, as the bench coach. And uh, uh, he's good and young. I like him, too. He, bilingual, very important. I mean, I, I, uh, Tingler is bilingual. He learned Spanish so that he could work down in the uh, Dominican League. Uh, with our D- Dominican summer program, we, we we get a lot of players that that visa issues and stuff that play down there in the Dominican. Very young kids, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old, um, and we we have a team down there in a complex in the Dominican Republic. And uh, Tingler was managing that at one time. That's where he kind of got his managing uh, started. But he's bilingual, which is important. Um, after after those two, I kind of put them one A and one two, and and one A and one B. Excuse me. Uh, either one of those I think would be tremendous hires. Uh, another name that's that's that has interviewed for the job is Brandon Hyde. Now, he has one trait that I love, and that is that he is learning and the bench coach and learning from Joe Madden with the Cubs. He is the bench coach for the Cubs. And Joe Madden, I'm sorry, no offense to A.J. Hinch, who's done a wonderful – I think Joe Madden's the best manager in baseball. What he did with Tampa Bay was amazing. And, you know, one of the most frustrating things that bothers me is if if anyone doesn't remember this was when uh, uh, we hired Bannister uh, pretty quickly after that season ended. If you all remember, um, Washington just abruptly left, had personal issues. Uh, you know, he, he resigned and, and a, a guy named Tim Bogart took over. He was the bench coach. Tim Bogart took over as manager. Actually, did a pretty, it was really thought that, that Bogart was going to get the job. Um, he was one of the three finalists for that job when, when Bannister got it. It was him, uh, Bannister, and then the third name was Kevin Cash, who's the manager for the Rays right now. But Bogart done a good job. The record was really good after he took over for Wash. Um, and I think a lot of people just figured he was going to get the job, but apparently Bannister blew him away. And that's who got it. But right after Bannister was hired, right after Bannister was hired, Joe Madden let everyone know that he was leaving the race. And I just knocked myself in the forehead because I would have loved to have had Joe Madden. And he ended up uh, going to the Cubs. But I think I think he left because he knew he was going to the Cubs. So we probably would not have had a chance to get him. But, you know, he there was some grumblings this year that they made that early exit from the playoffs that he might he might leave the Cubs. And, and word was coming out that maybe he would go to the Angels with Mike Sosha leaving, uh, that he might go over to the Angels. But anyway, that that's Brandon Hyde. We had interviewed Joe Girardi. Um, that was not anybody I wanted. He is not going to get the job. Joe Girardi interviewed... With the Rangers, I don't want to retread manager. I know he did. He won one World Series, but it was his first year as a manager with the Yankees, and then he had ten years there, and we pretty much kicked his. You know what? When we played him, um, and he never made it back to the World Series. Um, I like Joe Girardi personally, but you know he he's got that with MLB.com. He's got the uh, the job with MLB.com, and so I'm I am just not uh, not very much into to, to doing a retread. I, I, I didn't want that. Um, I, I, there was another, another name that came out. Now, we talked about Don Wakamatsu. He's interviewed for the job. He is still um, a candidate for the job. I hope he doesn't get the job. He's another retread in my book. I like Don. I, I think Waka is a good coach. Um, he 
just failed miserably in Seattle. Um, and I, I want to go younger. I mean, I, I could see him as a bench coach. There were people suggesting that if we hired one of these young guys, maybe Wakamatsu would come back and be the bench coach. I wrote about that. I don't see it. I mean, I think that uh, if you're the bench coach this year, you interview for the top job, you took over and helped the team, and then you want me to go back to the bench coach for some young guy to come back in, I, I don't see it. I think that if he doesn't get the job, my guess is he goes down the road. I know, you know, never say never. Um, if somebody, uh, you know, if he doesn't get a job somewhere, maybe he does come back and, and, and be the bench coach. But I, I don't see it. I, I honestly think Walk, I hope he doesn't get the job, but I, I think that he won't, uh, I think he won't be back. Um, another name was Dusty Wathen. Dusty Wathen is the third base coach for the Phillies. Now he is another guy, he's kind of like Bannister was. Uh, very short stint in the major leagues. He was catcher. I think he played about a week in the major leagues. Everyone knows the Bannister story. If you don't, I'm, this is something you'll learn. It's pretty cool. Uh, Bannister has a career major league batting average of 1,000. He played one game in the major league with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He had one hit, went one for one, beat out an infield single, never batted again or played again in the major leagues. So that was it. Um, and that was his only time. And, well, Dusty Wathen was another one that – you know, came up for about a week. That was it. But he managed all the way through the minor leagues, made his major league debut, um, uh, really got settled into the major leagues as a coach and as a third base coach for the Phillies. Uh, not bad. Uh, he's not high on my list, but he's not a bad name. Um, they th That was another name, though, that we had interviewed. Um, David Bell. We interviewed David Bell. Now, now we he will not take the job. David Bell was hired by Cincinnati. Um, as the he's the new Reds manager for Cincinnati uh, Reds, but uh, he was a special assistant to the San Francisco Giants. He's a native of Cincinnati. His dad's Buddy Bell. He grew up there. Buddy coached there and played there when David was young. So he grew up. So he's a hometown boy uh, coming. I think he played for. I think David even played for the Reds a little bit. But uh, he played all. He played about ten years, uh, ten or twelve years in the major leagues. He played a long time. But he is. He's. Uh, He's back now, and he's the new skipper for the uh, for the Reds. Uh, Rocco Bodelli, that was a name that was interviewed, and that's a name that a lot of you might remember. He played for those Tampa Bay teams in 2010 and 11. Um, he was really good coming up. He 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 was kind of sidetracked by injuries and and by uh, by uh, he was sidetracked by injuries, and he was sidetracked by. Uh, um, some kind of illness he had, that intestinal or something like that, that really set him back. He ended up retiring, he, but he's worked with the uh, the Rays the entire time, and he was a he was a field coordinator, which I don't quite get that, but I guess he he goes around all levels and works with outfielders or infielders or whatever he did. But you know, he interviewed here. I did not want him to get this job, and I was hoping that he did not get this job. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that you, I want to see somebody that's at least managed in the minor leagues or something. Um, but he won't get this job. Um, yesterday he was hired by the Minnesota twins. Um, and the Minnesota twins general manager, Thad Levine, who used to be the assistant general manager here. So I, he must've pulled a banister on him and blew him away. I don't know. Um, he must be well thought of. That's, I've heard he's had four interviews, um, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, good for the twins. Um, good it's not us. I mean, personally, that's my personal opinion. Okay, so those are the ones that have interviewed. Now, one more name we know of interviewed was it was a late addition that came in, and that was Eric Chavez. 
you know, I, I like, now, now Chavez is interesting to me. I kind of like Chavez. Um, I always liked him as a player. Uh, he was really good. He was a great third baseman. He was a gold glove third baseman. Uh, he credits that to Ron Washington. That's why, hey, Eric Chavez coming here, he, he might could convince Wash to come in um, to do that. He It was thought that Eric Chavez, when all of these openings came up, everyone thought Eric Chavez was going to get the the, uh, the the LA Angels. He was going to take over for Socia. He was an assistant to Epler, uh, the, the GM over in, in, in uh, LA, and they thought they just thought that that's where he was going to go. But they ended up going with Brad Osmus, who was just managing the Tigers before he got let go. They went to the front office with the Angels, uh, former catcher, played a lot of years in the major leagues, and out of the blue, they hired him the other day, and Osmus is now the the uh, the manager for the A's, the skipper for the A's. I mean, not the A's, the Angels, the skipper for the Angels. Um, I think that move might have been, I, I read somewhere that, that uh, hiring someone like Chavez that was not very experienced as a manager um, might not have gone over well with someone like Mike Trout, who's ready to win and doesn't want you know someone to learn on the job. So so Osmus was a name that was a, a seasoned uh, name that has been one before. Um, so the, and those are the ones that have actually interviewed for the job. Okay. So there are three more names that are kind of coming up. Now, Wash alluded to the fact that he wanted to, uh, not Wash, what am I saying? Not Wash, J.D., Daniels. Daniels alluded to the fact that he is going to hold off at least till the end of the World Series. So people started speculating. Is there someone from those teams? Well, there are a couple of names. Uh, third base coach for the Dodgers is Chris Woodward. Played about 10 years in the league. Um, and uh, started coaching. He's he's with the Dodgers now. He's pretty highly thought of. That's that's one name that they're they're talking about that could be a possibility that they're waiting to interview and talk with him. Um, or Ron Renicky. Uh, uh, Renicky's the the bench coach for the Red Sox. Now, if you don't remember that name, he was the Brewers manager, and in 2011 was his first year as a manager. He led them to the NLCS. Um, really well thought of. Managed there for a couple of years. Let go. Red Sox took him, so that might be someone else. Um, and then another name popped up. Kind of an interesting name. I've seen this guy before. Uh, a guy named Stubby Clap. If you've never heard of that, it's a funny name. Stubby Clap. He is the manager for the AAA team for the St. Louis Cardinals, They're the Memphis Redbirds. I've actually seen Stubby Clap play, and it's a pretty interesting story. Um, used to travel a lot at an old job I had. Everywhere I've ever gone and traveled, if there was minor league baseball, I've gone. Just so happened that I went to Memphis uh, one year, and the Oklahoma City Redhawks, who at the time were the uh, AAA team for the uh, Texas Rangers, were playing in Memphis. So I got a ticket, went to the game that night, um, and Stubby Clapp was the starting shortstop for them. They also had a guy on their team that was their top prospect in the organization for the, uh, it was, this was like 1999, 2000, maybe 2000, I can't remember exactly when this was, but he was their top prospect, thought he was going to be a stud, and uh, that, that they really thought that he was, and, and his name was Albert Pujols, I'll never forget that, and uh, he was playing for the Memphis Redbirds, and uh, so Stubby Clap was the name I remember, because 
I want to say that he was one of those guys that would run out and do a backflip. And that may be why I remember it. But he is now managing and is well thought of. Um, played like, you know, he came up and had a cup of coffee in the major leagues. Maybe came up for 10 games or something with the Cardinals. He's been with the Cardinals this whole time. Now, interesting enough, the 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 team the the Oklahoma City Redhawks had a couple of guys on that team that I remember that were uh, that were playing. One of them was a guy named Carlos Pena, which everyone knows who Carlos Pena is. He was playing. He had a home run that night that I was there. Um, there were uh, mem- if, I don't remember if y'all remember Ruben Mateo. Ruben Mateo was the number one prospect in the Rangers organization. He had started the year with the Rangers. He got moved down to AAA while I must have been on the airplane going to Memphis because he had played the night before and I'd watched the game. I went to the game that night, and the third batter that night was Ruben Mateo. And I'll never forget that. I was like, he just was playing with the Rangers yesterday. He never came back to the Rangers um, after that. This is one of his last stints. We traded him away with Rob. I think we traded him away and got Rob Bell back or something. That was a while ago. But Mateo hit a home run. He hit a home run that night too. So that is uh, that was a uh, that's the manager search, basically in a nutshell. I again am kind of leaning towards Espada and Tinglers, who I would like to see get the job. Uh, it sounds like they're they're in the running. I, I also have no problem if they you know go with uh, if they go with someone like Hyde um, uh, or. Even with, you know, after that, Hyde or Chavez would be good for me. I want to see a spot of a ting, or Tingler, then maybe Hyde and uh, and Chavez. I, I, the, the names that have interviewed, I, I'm not too interested in. I don't really want to go back to Ron Renneke. Um Again, I want someone new that's never managed to grow with this. Stubby Clap, that's somebody that could be interesting. He's a name I like. I'd like to see him. Any move that the Rangers make, I'll get behind because... You know, I'm a diehard Ranger fan. I'm going to get behind him. And I am and I like J.D. He's he's on the end of my, you know, I've, I've given him benefit of the doubt for a long time. He's, he's, he's produced the best baseball that I've seen as a fan. And uh, so I give him a little more rope than, than a lot of people do. But, you know, 2020, we need to be competing. Uh, that's what I want to see. Um, so um, upcoming dates that are important. This is the offseason. So there are some upcoming dates that are important that you need to know about. November 2nd is coming up. I believe that's next Friday, at uh, no, a week from Friday. Or no, it's next, a week from tomorrow, is uh, is November. It's free agency. 9 a.m. it starts. I think that might be Eastern time, so it would be uh, 8 a.m. here. Anyway, free agency. Rangers, I do not see the Rangers being big players in the uh, – free agent market. I, I really don't see it. Look, we're not, we shouldn't compete this year. We really shouldn't. That If you just want to know the truth, I don't think we will. The The Astros are still too good. I think the A's are going to be good. The Angels will be better. Seattle might even be ahead of us right now, but we'll play a lot better. The kids will get up and start playing a lot. Um, you know, he'll probably, any free agent moves we make this year will probably be for someone like we did with maybe a you know, a uh, so, uh, like a Bartolo Colon. Uh, you know, we, we, we took a flyer on Mike Miner, which paid off tremendously. Now, we, we didn't just sign him to a one-year deal. We actually took him 
signed him to a three-year deal. He was a starting pitcher with the Royals, got hurt, went to Atlanta, was in the bullpen, but wanted to start again. We made him a starter, signed him to three years, and he was the best starter we had this year. And honestly, that was that was what uh, that that was the uh, um, a, a great deal. I mean, he'll he'll be he's he's the only guy right now that is for sure in the Rangers rotation in 2019. And he is a you know look he is not if he's your ace we're obviously not going to compete very well. He should be about a true number three or four starter. Um, but uh, so you know I don't see us. We might do some. A, a couple of things like that we did you know they took a flyer on what's his name the the um uh oh I'm, my you know what i'm losing i forget it that he never made it out of uh round rock he was hurt i think his brother passed away he he was hurt he never got out of round rock so he never played with us we let him go he just wasn't as good uh and uh God, i'm drawing a blank guys i'm sorry what played for the for the giants that, that beat us in the world series um, so I don't think free agency will be a big deal. I really don't think we're going to do much in free agency. Um, you know, that, that would be, uh, it would floor me if they did. Now there's one name, there is one name that could be a player in free agency and it's a huge name. And it is why that if you are a Texas Ranger fan, you should be, you should be rooting for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And that would be because Clayton Kershaw, the, the best chance for Clayton Kershaw to opt out of his contract will be if the Dodgers win the World Series. And if he opts out of his contract, there is a actual possibility that he possibly would elect free agency and opt out of his contract. And if he does, there's a possibility to come here. There's a lot of speculation. Now, you know, look, he's got to know we're rebuilding, but he likes Texas. He likes. He was born and raised here in Highland Park. Star player for Highland Park here. Grew up with Brett Stafford, the quarterback for the Lions. I think he'd like to come home. Um, now that's that's a long shot, and I would say it's less than fifty percent chance that that would happen. But if he won them, if if they win the World Series, there's a chance, and I, I could see that. Now look. He's still, he's 30, 31 maybe. He's still throwing good. He's throwing low mid-90s. He's not 98 miles an hour. The guy knows how to pitch. He's played good. He's a little, he had a bad night the other night in the World Series, but he's still a wonderful pitcher. He's going to be your ace, obviously, here. But let's be honest. If you sign him to a long-term deal, and it's going to be a big contract. It would be $30 million a year, I would guess, 25 to 30 at least per year. Um, by the time he gets into the end of that contract, He's not going to be the Clayton Kershaw we had, but think about Clayton Kershaw. Think about that. What if he was your number four or five starter in six years? I mean, look at uh, this year, Cole Hamels. Hamels struggled here. There's no doubt. He had some issues this year, some control issues, but he started working on it, and you saw what he did with the Cubs. I mean, he was amazing with the Cubs once he got there. He said that the, the adjustments he made had nothing to do with the Cubs coaching. It was stuff that he was already working on here. It just kind of clicked and came into play when he got to Chicago. But he did fantastic, did good in the playoffs. I mean, he, he – and and look, we got to watch that closely. We might save $6 million because of how good he pitched. Uh He's got an option in his contract. If the Cubs do not pick up his option – He's owed $20 million. If they don't pick it up, the Rangers agreed when they traded him that we would take 
we would pay the six million dollars that that it takes to because he's owed six million dollars if we don't if if they don't pick up his option. But he might have earned it. He might have earned it. They might pick up his option to have him in their rotation, and he doesn't reach free agency. Um, and it's pretty not you know the the what's the chances they could they could obviously let him opt out. They could not they could not pick up his option. He could go to free agency. He could turn around and sign back with the Cubs. But that's kind of a inside the that's kind of a no no. And it's not it would not be well received that a team would do that. Um, it's essentially if you're going to take him, take him. It, it would kind of be you know that that. Other teams may not deal with the Cubs again after that if they pulled something like that uh, to get him for a cheaper price. So I, I don't think that'll happen. But uh, but think of Kershaw kind of like you do with him. If Kershaw's not your ace in five years, but if he's your three, four, or five starter, that's a good rotation. We've got some kids in the minor leagues that are going to be studs if they keep on the track they're on right now. They are going to be studs. And that's what uh, that is really something right there. To, to keep an eye on. That's why I'd like to see Kershaw come here. But who knows? Obviously, that's that's pretty that's pretty far out there to see. The Dodgers are down by two, so you know the chances of them winning are slimming as we're sitting here talking. Now, that's November second free agency. Another date coming up that's going to be very important is December 9th through the thirteenth. Uh, that's in Las Vegas, and that's the winter meetings. Winter meetings are important. This is huge. Another time for those prospects to be put to work. Um, the winter meetings are where not only a lot of free agents are signed, but also there are a lot of trades that go on. Now, some t- last couple of years they haven't been quite as busy, but a lot of trades that end up happening in the offseason get started or the conversation starts at the winter meetings. And I think the Rangers will be players in the trade market. I think they want to bolster their, their pitching staff and the best way to get good young pitching is to trade off some of our assets. And what are our assets right now? Quite honestly, our our assets are our left-handed bats we have. We've got Guzman, Gallo, Mazzara. Um, you know, we've got a lot of kids in the minor leagues that will be coming up. That uh, If y'all don't know, uh, J.P. Martinez is the, the kid we signed out of, uh, out of Cuba when we didn't sign Shohei Otani. Um, he played this last year in Spokane. Uh, that's the the low A team. Or I'm sorry, rookie ball team we have up in Washington, Spokane, Washington, the Spokane Indians. He played there, did did good. He started off slow, ended up playing very well towards the end. But he is now playing the Arizona Fall League this year. He's 22. He hit for the cycle the other day. He is tearing it up. He's hitting 334 um, in in the Arizona Fall League, which is comparable to Double A. In a lot of people in baseball, compare that to Double A. He'll probably start out next year. Uh, with my guess will be that he'll start out with either Down East, which is the uh, the Down East Ducks, which is the high A team. Only reason I say that he didn't won't go to Hickory is because he's already 22. Um, Hickory is our low A team. It's where a lot of kids, you know, when you sign a kid out of high school, he usually sits the first year, plays in the instructional leagues in Arizona. Then he goes and plays for Spokane the next year. And then his first full season, starting a whole full season, is low A, the Hickory Crawdads. Kathy and I actually saw the Crawdads play this year. Uh, took a vacation, went up to uh, uh, West Virginia, into the mountains of West Virginia. Had a lot of great time, just spent a lot of fun time together as a, as a couple and had fun. But went to some minor league games, and, and uh, Hickory was playing in West Virginia. For the West Virginia, I tell you what, that's something you ought to go see. There's a guy there; they call him the Toaster Man, 
who sits behind home plate with a toaster and just razzles and just yells at the opposing team. He he does his homework. It was pretty funny. There's You can look him up on MILB.com or Google uh, West Virginia Power, uh, the toaster man, and you can see there's stories about him all in baseball. Um, he was pretty funny. He sat right by us. We kind of went at each other when I started giving him a little hell. But uh, pretty neat there. We went to uh, also see Round Rock uh, play in Memphis, which now, Memphis, that's a new stadium, is now the home of the AAA team, the Memphis, uh, I'm sorry, Nashville. Nashville, not Memphis. We went to uh, Nashville. Nashville is now the AAA team for the Rangers. They were in Oklahoma, then they were in Round Rock, and we just signed a new player agreement deal with uh, Nashville, and that is one heck of a stadium. And I, I highly recommend if you get to Nashville to go check out that stadium. Uh, it is pretty neat. But anyway, that's where anyway these kids, these prospects at the at the winter meetings, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Mazzara might be somebody that could be traded. Um, don't 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 freak out over that. I look, he is a Mazzara is a, is a stud, and he could be he could be po- uh, very very uh, valuable to somebody. But it would take a lot to get to get some, you know, to, to give him up. Gallo's another one that could be very, very, you know, could be on the market too to someone. Guzman, who did a hell of a job at first base. I mean, defensively, second to none. Um, you know, another person whose stock is really up is Profar. Jerickson Profar had a hell of a year. Um, you know, he had 20 home runs. He did great. Um, his stock's never been higher since he was the number one prospect in all of baseball. He was that gold bar a few years back. He was supposed to be Ruggie Odor. If y'all don't remember that, he was slated to take. That's why we traded Ian Kinsler, because Profar was going to be our second baseman with Elvis, who was going to be the shortstop. And then Profar got hurt. He couldn't throw. And ended up two-year deal where he couldn't get out. And we had we needed a second baseman. We brought up the young kid, Ruggie, who took over. And uh, so, you know, Profar is probably going to be our starting third baseman. I know a lot of people think Gallo. But Gallo is actually going to probably be a left fielder. I think that's where he ends up. But we need we need pitching. We need right-handed bats. These are some guys we could trade off to do that. Um, obviously, we'll probably sign some free agent right-handed bats, but they'll be the older players that are, you know, one more chance, minor league deals. You'll probably see a lot of guys that are given a minor league contract to come to, with an invite to spring training, see if they can make this team. Um, so that's the winter meetings. After that, we go to February when uh, pitchers and catchers report, or what I like to call the national holiday, greatest day in baseball. That means baseball's kicking up again. The rest of the team will uh, will come in after that, and uh, and uh, after that, the 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 rest of the team shows up, and then spring training. The schedule starts in in March, going up till you know the opening day. Uh, after that, so so what do we want to do with this podcast? We've been going here for close to fifty minutes. Um, I'll get another one of these out probably not too far in the, you know, here, here in the next few days or week or so, there'll be some moves, especially when we get the manager hired, go into depth about that. More things that are happening with free agency and what I'm hearing and things like that. I really want your input. Go to Twitter. Um, you can go to Twitter and look up my, my Twitter or go to Dow Sports Nation. Um, it's at Dow Sports Nation. Um, is the Dallas Sports Nation Twitter account, and there's also the uh, the 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 at Ranger Nation Dow at Ranger Nation Dow is the Ranger Nation Twitter account, or my Twitter account, which is at JM Moore nine twelve. Uh, 
jmmore912. And that's mine. And uh, and go on there. Ask me some questions. Any questions? I'd love to answer questions. Um, and uh, and I'll probably have one if we get enough people interested where we'll do something where we'll you know ask me some questions we'll have a, a question and answer where we can do that uh submit your questions and i'll try to answer them all and uh and i love doing that uh that kind of thing or we'll have some other other writers for dallas sports nation on here and we'll do some round tables things like that they can have me on their shows to do for the mavericks cowboys or whatever but honestly I'm not near as nerdy with them. I'm only nerdy with the Rangers. So, but anyway, that's what we want to do with this thing. Um, guys, I really appreciate you uh, tonight listening. Uh, let's get this thing kicked off. Give us a thumbs up if you if you like this thing. Share this with people. Put this podcast out as we start getting it going. Uh, this is the Rangers Nation podcast for Dallas Sports Nation. I am the Recliner Nerd, and it's been a pleasure hosting tonight. And as I say at the end of all of my stories that I've written on there, nerd out.